0: Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. Everyone, just as I have started hitting the record button, it started pouring down with rain. So I'm relying on my incredible podcast manager to make the sound today sound awesome because I am joined by some of my favorite people on the interwebs. Kristen and Abby from Fertility Rescripted and today we're going to get raw, we're going to get real, we're going to talk about fertility journeys and we're going to talk as well about kind of that other side, you know, when you reach the other side but you still feel like there's more work to be done and I can definitely relate to that and also about finding community and friendships on the other side, which is also something that I can definitely relate to. And you may remember Kristen from about this time last year when she joined us on the podcast to talk all about her journey with infertility and feeling like there just wasn't community. And community can be such a powerful thing for almost all of us almost all of us and we can feel really lonely and I think you know over the last two years we can certainly relate to that feeling of needing to belong wanting to belong wanting to have support groups and people with shared things around us and maybe not always feeling like that's open to us so Kristen welcome back
1: thank you it's so great to be here again thank you for having me
0: And we're also joined by Abby. Um, So Abby is the founder of a site that used to be called Best Shot. And this dream team have now joined together. We'll talk about that in a little while. But I wanted to welcome them both on the podcast to talk a little bit about, you know, like what's happened for them, the exciting news that's happened, but also talk about Abby's story, which involves pregnancy loss and many of you I'm sure can relate to the challenges the emotions and everything that goes along with that experience let's get Abby on to talk a little bit about her story and then we'll talk more about how that pain has become a purpose and a driving point and service and a program that can support us all with infertility Abby welcome
2: Thanks so much, Rod. I'm so excited to be on uh, this evening.
0: So we haven't heard your story before on the Fertility Warriors, but I think it's a really important story to share. And we have so many episodes on this podcast talking about pregnancy loss because it's something that affected me personally. Kristen, I know it's affected you as well. And your story feels really heartbreaking to me. I'm going to let you share that yourself are you able to tell us about what your fertility journey looked like before that moment and what that rock bottom felt like for you
2: yeah absolutely and I'm I'm happy to share um and just like Kristen is and you know just like you are Robin I'm like I wear my journey on my sleeve and, you know, in spite of the pain that it caused me, if I know I can be helpful to others, I am so happy to share it. So um, let's see, my husband, Sean and I, we met in college, um, we got married in 2015, I was now, one of those people like we were in one of those couples we're like okay like we're gonna get married like we're gonna have a baby and yeah. two years yeah. yep we'll check the box like another baby and you know another two years like car seats like you know yeah. all, all the things um and so I remember kind of this this grand you know we pulled the goalie like we were in Spain and we were like, we pulled the goalie. Yeah. Like we're going to have a baby. We're going to get pregnant. And then, you know, sure enough, month after month, nothing was happening. Um, and I just, you know, I, like I, I had this weird feeling that something was up. Um, it hadn't been that many months, but we, I went to my gynecologist and um I didn't get a diagnosis they told me I was totally normal um Sean on the other hand he was asked to do some testing as well and his like basically my doctor was like yeah there's just like you guys are gonna have to go to a fertility clinic and so um we live in Denver Colorado um we went to our local fertility clinic and you know we we started kind of you know, doing the testing, um, you know, all of the things that took us, you know, two months to do everything that you need to do to, you know, do your first IUI, you know, before ultimately moving on to, you know, whatever we all know. Um, and so two months went by, did the testing, did an IUI. It was like... <laughs> right before we did our first IUI, the, you know, the nurse came in, she was like, the sperm wash was like, not good. Like, this isn't going to work. And I was just like, really? Like, that sucks. Like, why would you tell me that? So, um, but we ultimately decided to go through with the IUI, knowing with our diagnosis. So um, Sean had very um, low motility, very poor morphology. Um, And like, we joke about it now. And I talk about it a lot. um, But Like he is a really social guy. Like he's a total extrovert, but in like his sperm are just like him. Um, They like (laughs) circle around and like chase each other, which is like sperm are quite social. Anyway, not funny then, super funny now. Um, And so IUI failed, of course. Um, And we said, all right, we're going to do IVF. This is what our doctor is recommending all right, we're not covered by insurance, like, you know, 67% of the United States. Um, And so we tried to figure out how we are going to finance this. We ended up um, mortgaging our home. And, you know, I think important to note, like, we were blessed with good educations and good jobs. And, you know, we still were looking at taking out a second mortgage. So that sucked, obviously, um, from a financial standpoint. And so we started our um, priming cycle. So, you know, essentially we know, we know about the retrieval cycle, we know about the transfer cycle. So my doctor had me do a priming cycle um, so I would get my body used to the medications that I was about to take during the retrieval cycle. So um, we were told not to have sex. Um, I guess we did. Um, we became pregnant naturally crazy like we were told that we had less than a one percent chance of mm. proceeding naturally um and but we did it and we didn't know it um and I was also on like a full stem cycle of medication so um essentially what happened it's you know it's still it continues to be all a blur um but there are also certain moments that I remember so clearly so um we like my period was delayed and you know weird, I was like one very regular like what if like this is really weird like what if we're pregnant like what um so I took a test pregnant tears called the fertility clinic the next day they were like uh really really like they were basically like Abby calmed down and I was like this is so weird like why aren't they more excited for me like this is a strange reaction um and so my nurse was essentially like so like if you're taking if you're taking these medications, if you're pregnant, like there's a high risk of of miscarriage. Um, and then I went back and like you know started kind of tracking my steps, and I realized I had actually had taken too much of cetratide, um, a medication that is involved in many stem cycles. Um, And so anyway, f- things were not looking good, but I still chose to be positive in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day I was at a baby shower. Um, I had gone to get my levels tested and I was told that my levels had kind of cut in half. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I was told I was going to have a miscarriage at a baby shower, which was like the absolute worst thing ever. Um, and so, yeah, then the next days were, you know of course a blur went to work on Monday my miscarriage was still happening
0: so that's my story yeah it's so oh, there's just so much that we can talk about um about this it's real you know those, there's so when you go through infertility it's almost sometimes like the fertility clinics are slow to catch on When you are trying to conceive, and I was the opposite. I didn't have a gut feeling that something was wrong. I was blindsided. I thought we were going to get pregnant the first month. And even after, people will come to me and they're like, you know, I've been trying to conceive for six months and I'm not coping and I feel like that's not okay. And I'm like, no, I was freaking nervous wreck at six months, even though it's like you've got to wait till 12 months. And then... You know, they're going through it and they're talking and you were talking about, you know, we weren't supposed to have sex, but we had sex anyway. Oh, whoops, I took the wrong dose of cetratide. And it's almost like sometimes this revolving door of take this, do this, come back. I don't have sex. That's really hard because there's every month feels like there's this golden opportunity. Like I I really want this to happen. I will firmly remember every cycle being like no can you just implant two embryos because I just wanted this whole thing to move so much faster mm-hmm. and then I to this day people talk to me about medications it's pretty much the one thing that is a continual blur I do not understand. cetratide letrozole like menopure like I don't even I can't clomid clomid is the only one I remember yep it was a pill and that was what I did medications it's almost like you want someone to give you a book and be like this is a sandwich cycle this is why we do this this is an antagonist cycle this is why we do this this medication does this if somebody had told you like it's really important for you to get this dose right because then this is what could happen you know I just feel sometimes like oh that sucked Obviously,
2: absolutely you know. <laughs> absolutely and like you know to touch on to touch on one thing you said like I I mean what I was going through you know before we started fertility treatments every month it was like the first part the first two weeks of my cycle I was like yes let's do it like this is so great and then the second two weeks it was like deep, dark depression. Like I couldn't even like leave my house. Uh-huh. And it's like, your, your life is just kind of like split in half. And that, that feels like a really hard way to, it was a hard way to live, obviously. We all know that. Um, and on the medication front, it, it's not even that I, I like misdosed. Like I was handed a, and this technology still exists. And, you know, that's why I initially started that Shot and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But this was all, it's all paper-based So when you have this demographic between the ages of, you know, what, 25 and 44 um, going through IVF, like we are straight up used to pressing a button on our phones and a car arrives and that's called Uber. Like that's what, that's the life we're used to. And like, that's just, that's just how we live. And when this like very fundamental thing that, that we're going through, like, this right this desire to procreate when it's not easy to procreate and then we're paying for this treatment and it is actually multiple times harder than the status quo like it just is it's like what more like seriously what more what more can i take what more can my body take what more can my mind take all the things
0: and when we are like there's so much trauma and there's so much chronic stress that comes with infertility. Like this is literally what I fly my flag on. When we are in that highly emotional state, when we are going through these rapid grief cycles, it's almost like the day that you receive the bad news, you need to g up and find that bit of hope. Even if it's 1%, you all everyone has hope that actually, I don't care if it's 1%, there's still that tiny bit of hope that this will be my month. And when we are existing in that highly emotional state, when we are going through these rapid grief cycles and chronic stress, the prefrontal cortex of our brain shuts down. The area for executive functioning, problem solving, rational thinking. But yet we're doing really major things. Like medications aren't something to fuck with. And we're spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. We're mortgaging our homes. You know, we're making really big decisions about: Do I use a donor egg or donor embryo? Like, what is my next step? How do I process this? And you, like, my experience was somewhat similar to you. I found out around about Christmas that, or just after Christmas, that our pregnancy wasn't viable. Um, and then to have, did you experience a medical miscarriage following that?
2: So basically my miscarriage took place at around five and a half weeks and i i had to i no dnc um but i had to take a medication um because i i couldn't pass the miscarriage
0: so this is like me so my progesterone levels because of the medications that i was taking were somewhere in the vicinity of 70 times what it should have been not even exaggerating and so they were like you'll be well into your second trimester by the time that your body is like oh shit's fucked up and so therefore yeah I took medications to have that miscarriage so there's almost like this feeling it's not viable but like I'm the one almost ending the pregnancy even though the pregnancy technically had ended already it's just such hard stuff to go
2: through yeah and like uh, like not to mention you know we all know that one in four pregnancies are lost like you know this yeah. is so common um but it is it's time consuming to have a miscarriage like it takes time um and it is so painful it's like the worst period you've ever had um unfortunately
0: like
2: blood, yeah. Don't, yeah so it's like no one talks about this like it's mm-hmm horrible so I'm glad we're talking about it
0: (laughs) yeah so what um following your miscarriage what did you feel really helped and supported you through
2: oh man um my my friends um it's I think it was a a very it was an interesting season in life because Everybody, I felt like everybody in my life was pregnant or had an infant. Um, And I think my friends really rose to the occasion in a way that I don't think society had asked them to in in 2018. Um, I also ended some friendships. (laughs) We hear this a lot um, in the fertility community um and you know what like to I I wish the fertility tribe had been around then I there was one woman it's so funny so um one of my best friends from growing up she went to college with um with this woman named Sid and she's been very public about her journey and so like I would I want to shout out to her um her name is Sid Maisel she had a hilarious blog um about IPF and I I read every word of her blog multiple, multiple times. Um, And like, she truly helped me get through this. And, you know, she, she was one of the people who like, she paid it forward in the way that I hope to pay it forward. And like, that's why that like this community continues to be so inspiring because when you find yourself on the other side, more often than not, you're not really trying to forget it you're trying to pay it forward and you're trying to say okay that sucks that you're going through this I feel you I see you I hear you I love you like here's a virtual hug here's a real life hug how can I help you
0: yeah and it's so interesting to hear in people's experiences and like all three of us have I guess you know turned our pain into purpose turned our wound into wisdom and I think for, you know so for me that's I was not coping these are the tools to cope. For Kristen, it was well, actually my I I don't have it, that community that I need, so I need to go out and like create that. So, do you feel, Kristen, like there just wasn't the community that you needed out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, so when I um, started going through fertility treatments, I was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, None of my, and just to give some backstory for those who haven't listened to my previous episode, um, the long story short is that I went off birth control after 11 years on the pill, never got my cycle back and got sent straight to the fertility clinic. So my husband and I sort of didn't even have a chance to start actively trying because I was told you have PCOS. If you want to have a baby, you need to go to a fertility doctor. So I'm 27, hadn't even started actively trying, but I knew I wanted to be a mom and was terrified that it was going to take forever. So I'm sitting in the fertility clinic waiting room and no one's making eye contact. Everyone's looking down at their phones, you know, and at that point, no one was really not as many people as are now talking about infertility on social media. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really have that as an outlet. Um, And there weren't a ton of blogs. I I always found like more forum type type sites, which I actually found really triggering because, you know, you're constantly comparing your results to someone else's. And um, so I just felt like there wasn't that, there wasn't the content. There wasn't the stories of someone from someone saying like, I'm going through this too. You're not the only one. Mm -hmm. Um, And there wasn't a place where people can come. And I get, listen, I I've always been an open book about my fertility journey, but I understand that some people just are not, but if you're not going to feel like you want to open up to your friends and family, then there still should be somewhere you can go to, meet others who are going through something similar. So I kind of set out to create the resource that I wished I had. Um, and that ended up being the fertility tribe. Um, and you know, from like being able to find your cycle buddies and just have someone kind of along with you for the ride to, cause we all know that no one's like comparing notes in the fertility clinic waiting room. <laughs> um, did
0: a were real yeah. on that the other day.
1: We did. Yeah. That honestly, that was the entire inspiration for the fertility tribe. It was like <sighs> being in that waiting room and feeling like, cause I'm probably the world's friendliest person and feeling like I, it was too awkward to even smile at someone. Like I just wanted to look down and get, have my name called.
0: Yes. I even, I've had this So I like a similar thing. There were blogs that I used to follow. There wasn't anything. And then one day someone said to me, why don't you just start a podcast? I was like, okay. Um, but I remember that there were people I used to be a food and wellness blogger. There was somebody who I knew from the food and wellness blogger, like through, you know, social media and things like that. And I saw her at the clinic and I would sometimes talk to people, but she was across the side. I never once summons the courage to be like, hey, you're here too. Like it's this, almost sometimes it's this private thing. And I think one of the big strengths even about the fertility community now is that not only do we have this strong community on Instagram, not only do we have so many more support forums, things to support people through emotionally, but that sometimes it's actually really nice for that to be virtual and Mm -hmm. for you to feel like you can still have a little bit of this journey privately.
1: Yeah I mean I do support groups every other Thursday night super casual peer led by me and it's more of like a event session and um, I hear all sorts of stories like some people are really open with their friends and family and then they but but they're sick of explaining like mm-hmm. the science of IVF, which is how I felt. It's like, my mom was my biggest support. My husband was my biggest support, but I felt like I was like teaching my mom, like reproductive health 101 on <laughs> as, as I'm trying to explain like the IVF process. So, you know, sometimes you just don't want to have to explain yourself. You just want to, like, yeah. you just want to be around others who understand. Or like, I feel like sometimes a lot of people don't talk
2: about fertility issues because- like you're scared to hear their response. So like, we didn't tell my husband's family because we just, we didn't know what the response would be. Like we had no idea. And then, you know, after the fact we did and they were incredibly supportive. And, you know, I I have some regret um, for not telling them. I think I could have just enjoyed their support because they were, really wanting to give it so I yeah there's lots of stuff
0: so Abby you know we've kind of talked about where we were like Mm. this can help and this is missing and started flying this flag so for you I'm guessing that was around medications
2: yeah yeah so yes all the meds so I I was ultimately ultimately successful a couple months later we transferred two embryos I had a crazy hard pregnancy, um. delivery, all the things. And after I gave birth to Max and Annie, it uh, amidst the fog of having these two kids. All I could think about was IVF, which is wild. I was kind of like, well, I should be like, shouldn't I be reading more mommy blogs? Like probably yes, yes but like at that point, like my heart was still in the fertility community, like for sure, a hundred percent. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about, you know, my loss and, you know, the little life that could have been, and, you know, what that meant to me and, you know, what other losses mean to other people in this community. And so about six weeks postpartum, um, I started working on a a business concept, um, ended up going to ASRM, um, which is a, a huge fertility conference, the largest fertility conference in the US. I met with a bunch of like really important doctors. <laughs> it's like, you got to put yourself out there. And I did. I wore a tie dye backpack and, you know, I just stuck my hand out. Hey, I'm Abby Mercado and I've got an idea for an app. Um, and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And, you know, it, it was definitely. I mean, the group of doctors, like I, I very much lucked into meeting a group of doctors who are very patient forward, very patient centric, patient focused, all the things really, really, truly cared. Um, and they really said, Abby, like, this is awesome. Like, patients screw up medications all the time. You should start this business. Um, so I did. <laughs> well, I <think laughs> this is that.
0: It's important to note that there are so many really patient forward, really progressive, fertility specialists and fertility clinics out there. So I know that sometimes we talk about, like, like this is our frustration, but at the same token, there are so many incredible clinics out there. And by and large, the very vast majority have the exact same goals as everyone else. Like, they want to support the community. They want to help the community in any way that they can as well. That would have been scary to put yourself out there in the <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was, I, my, like, I've, I've, I've done sales before, like, you know, and I'm, I'll talk to anybody. And, you know, I was also really interested, like my background was in venture capital. So I had always invested in startups. So it felt really comfortable for me to say, I have this great startup idea. What do you think? Um, and you know, I think that's that's so important in in starting a business. Always is to ask for feedback. <laughs> so you know, it was it was less. Would you buy this app right now? It was, and it was more. Hey, watch this video of this app that I've you know, prototypes. Like, what do you think? Can you give me feedback? Like, where am I going wrong? What do you love? What do you hate? All of the things. So, um, you know, that was, that was helpful in putting myself out there. Um, less trying to like make a sale and more so trying mm-hmm. to just get better information.
0: And so what, I guess what dri- drives you or what is the main, has been the main goal behind helping people get the medications I mean, right?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think out of the gate, so BESHOT started, um, BESHOT started kind of going directly to clinics and we, so I guess the easiest, since we've already touched on it, the easiest way to tell the story is to say that, like, we love the patient focused doctors and clinics not all clinics are like that. Um, so it was very, you know, it became very difficult to reach patients by going through the clinic. So, you know, we realized we wanted to go to patients directly. And so it became very, very important to better, um, you know, understand the patient's voice. And, you know, there's, there's so many problems that technology can solve for fertility. And, you know, we also became interested in, you know, mental health and other stuff. And then, you know. I met Kristen and it just kind of all fell into place. And, um, you know, as two people wanting to, um, turn our, what you said, turn our wounds into wisdom, which I love. I don't think we say that enough or ever, but we should definitely say that more. Um, it, it just made sense for us to make this a community first fertility technology platform, um, focused on meds and other stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Sometimes we can feel like when we get on the other side, well, I'm done. And I've often thought to myself, like, I'm still here. You know, Livy, my youngest, is four years old. It's been four years since, you know, I almost left that world. But sometimes there's something that just calls you back. Like, you just can't, you still feel so called. And sometimes I always say a calling doesn't leave you. Like, it's just going to come bouncing back like a boomerang and a boomerang. But I think it's also really important to note that we can forge connections in many different ways. And sometimes we will say to ourselves, I'm really called to support the fertility or infertility community, but then feel like it's really lonely in that space. So I'm doubtful that there's that many colleagues listening to this, but I can only just applaud you for forging those connections because when we band together, when we support one another, and I always think a rising tide lifts all ships, the more that we can all as a community, whatever side we're on, lift one another up, the more we amplify the support, the connections, the demystification um, of all things fertility and infertility. And it's such a pleasure to see you both say, do you know what? We're stronger together. So... Da, da, da. fertility rescripted what mm-hmm. what is going on like what's the platform about you've rebranded that's a big decision to make like big and scary decisions are some of the best decisions though so tell us about what's behind the rebrand tell us about what this might look like for people who are in the trenches right now
2: yeah I I guess I'll take this one, Kristen. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, fertility rescripted, A.K.A. rescripted. So, in short, um, we are a social network um, for people interested in fertility topics, really from soup to nuts. So how do you, how do you try to conceive <laughs> all the way to, you know, I'm looking at adoption. I'm looking at surrogacy. Like maybe I want to live child-free and like, that's awesome too. So like, we want to be a resource for all of those people across the spectrum, interested in fertility topics. Um, because we're a technology company, um, what we are, want to do is provide that fertility community with the resources that we wish we had had. So we're a virtual pharmacy. um, We have a small group therapy platform. um, We're launching a product marketplace. And we share personal stories, which is foundational to our approach. Um, you know, we that's that's how Kristen started, um, and that is that is how we'll continue. That's that's what I was so thirsty for. Um, obviously, Kristen was thirsty for that, or she wouldn't have started the Fertility Tribe. So, um, all of those those things combined um, are rescripted. scripted And you know what we're uh, what we're here to do. Our mission is to celebrate the modern family. Um, we don't care how that family is built. Um, we just want to help that family come to be that family so that's us
0: oh and I love that and I find it interesting and fascinating the way that pharmacy works so we I sometimes would get my progesterone from a pharmacy but by and large in Australia a lot of that was provided by my clinic in the u.s so like that's left to people you get these giant packages right <laughs> at your door. it's so uh,
2: wild like we look at australia and we're like and our regulatory environment doesn't allow that or we would be starting that business um like for sure like wow. how can we sell medications out of fertility clinics obviously um we just can't do that isn't it mind-boggling like why is that why is it like it is in the US. I, um, yeah. it's, it well, why
0: is it like the way that it is in Australia? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. maybe it's better for uh, the consumer marketplace to be able to you know, shop for different brands and things like that, but how, what is the benefit of being able to have like this medications and pharmaceutical platform through reti- fertility rescripted?
2: Yeah. So, We are an end-to-end virtual pharmacy. So I think first and foremost, we're dealing with a population that is 67% self-pay. So as we went out to create this platform, we said, like, who's being left behind here? The 67%. And that is just like absolutely fundamental in our approach. Like, we want to be there together with you. We want to rescript fertility together with you. We want to serve the underserved, um, primarily this cash pay population. Um, So like, (laughs) this is America, what's important, the rational economic buyer. Um, So we have to have good pricing. Um, So we have we have the best pricing on the market for fertility medications. Um, We can do that because of Kristen. Um, So Kristen started this platform with so many people who are interested in hearing the story. So because we have such volume, and so many people who are listening to us, which is amazing, we have so much to tell them. um, But you know, one, one of the benefits of having so many people that, that are listening to us is being able to provide the best possible pricing. So that's, that's kind of first and foremost, that's what people are very interested in. Um, secondly, we have a modern approach to ordering medications. Um, so, you know, essentially all you have to do is ask your fertility clinic um, to send your prescription to rescripted Rx um, and then it comes to us. Um, so at that point, um, you get your script, you can follow it along its path. You can understand what's in that script you can pay for that script. Um, you know, you can follow, you can track the shipment, etc. Um, and once you get your box of medications, it's it's this open the box type of experience where you're understanding like what the heck are these medications? Like, why am I taking them at this point? Like, why am I like, what is my regimen looking like? compared to, you know, another regimen? Um, what does this medication do? What are common side effects? All of the things. So, you know, we've curated our own content. We have our own videos. Um, that's, that's a big thing. So, you know, a lot of these videos, you're just searching on YouTube and you're like, is this one even reliable? Like, am I even doing this right? And usually what people remember from their med teach experience is like a nurse drawing a Sharpie circle on their belly or on their butt, like, and that's literally all they remember because like, We've all been there. Like, who doesn't have that story? I think we all do. Um, So this, like, truly goes beyond that. So we're a med teacher that follows you through the journey. We're always there. We're online. Um, So we have the education piece. And then we have the attestation piece. So you're never going to make a mistake like I made. Like, that's been you know, I think Kristen and I have various missions as co-founders. That's been one of my missions. Like nobody should ever make the same mistake that I made. Um, so being able to track your cycle, um, being able to add your medications, being able to say, you know, I have taken this medication, cross it off next day. Here we go. Um, and in the future that'll feed back to the nurse. Um, so your nurse isn't calling you all the time being like, Robin, have you taken your menopur? And mm-hmm. you're like, Yes, like I've, yes, like you saw it. Um, and then lastly, inventory management. So making sure you're not overpaying for too many medications. I think mean, like Kristen's story is she got like eight boxes of menopur, or something crazy like that. Um, yeah. And like she was paying out of pocket. And like anyway, huge waste of money for Kristen. And my guess is she probably like tried to give it away or something like that. Like why are we doing that? There's so, the average patient has five thousand dollars in medication waste. Um, and then also where you're not. Like, oh, I don't have enough of that medication, shit. Like now I gotta like drive across town to some like random pharmacy and you know, all of the things. So lots of problems we're solving with medications.
0: Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional wellbeing, resilience and conception tips, to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinberkin.com or on Instagram at Robin Birkin. All right, let's get back to it. Having additional meds, it's so common. It's heartbreaking mm-hmm. to be and to feel like, because obviously with legal issues, so we have this Facebook group with about four to 5,000 people in it. And so we have to write in the group rules. I'm sorry, we can't swap medications. And that's heartbreaking to feel like I've got this, I've just wasted all this money with so much medications left over. Oh,
2: heartbreaking. It's crazy. And like I've heard, I mean, there was a crazy story. So it was a, like a practice manager of a fertility clinic told me the story one time. So she was going through IVF this was a couple of years ago, she met a woman on Facebook. She had extra medications. They met up at a target and they like literally heard police sirens and both of them looked at each other. And they were like, like for a moment, like they they had that look in their eyes. They were like, did you turn me in? Like, did you turn me in? And then they're like, no, no, no. Like what? No, the police isn't after us, but like, it's illegal. (laughs) Like it's illegal. It's crazy. And so these like poor women who are just like trying to have a baby using amazing science are like scared that they're breaking the law which they
0: are but nobody should ask them to do that it's wild i'm just wanting to give back to the community as well the yes. intentions are so pure but mm. as we're talking about like there's such room for error with medications what if they expire there's just it there's just such a big can of worms I think it's a really interesting, I guess, social commentary that you, you know, when calling you back to 67% of people pay out of pocket, but also talking about the privilege that all three of us have in that we have a higher education. You know, we meet a certain certain social stereotype uh, in terms of our demographic, our education levels and things like that, to just really take a minute to honour that if it were, you know, can be hard for us to afford, how difficult it can be for other people to afford as well. And I'm not sure I have a question about that, but I did want to just honour everybody who is busting a gut to make this work and who may not have the privileges that we have.
1: And so And going off good. of that point, I just want to mention that all of our community resources on our platform are completely free for patients. Aside from your medications, our community, our medication management tools, including all the med teach videos, the text message reminders, hey friend, it's time to take your med, (laughs) Um, you know, all of that, our content, it's all free for patients because infertility is really expensive. And we believe that it really starts with with that education component like why do why did I come off the birth control pill after 11 years and not know that if I didn't ovulate I couldn't get pregnant like why is sex ed teaching us how not to get pregnant instead of about our bodies and how reproduction happens like it's just there's such a disconnect and you know that's why our name is rescripted we really want to change the narrative um and it really starts at the beginning um and and everyone should have access to that information and those resources and and it not cost an arm and a leg
0: yeah and that's the, i mean so i used to have the big chunky e course called the fertility warrior intensive and one of the drivers behind like similarly similarly mentioned rescripted because my program is the reset like and changing it to a different pricing model, having that accessibility there was definitely one of the biggest considerations in changing the way that I do my products. And People will have noticed a big shift in the way that we've priced things. Um, But the other thing that I wanted to mention as well, which was a really good point is you mentioned, which I think is really important, when when there's the volume is there, that is what enables you to reach, support, help more people. And when we look at all of the free things, like I guess this platform would be a free education source as well, that the volume is what helps us provide those tools and resources as well. So pause for applause to you, Kristen, for creating um, that volume that therefore enables those benefits for everyone.
1: Well, thank you. And, you know, Abby and I had a conversation earlier today and about, you know, what really got our platform to where it is now. And it was really just the authenticity of sharing my story and sharing other people's stories and, you know, not trying to push a narrative or sell a product, just like, you know, really. You know, of course, you know we work with brands and stuff like that, but we're really just trying to connect and connect people to each other and provide support in a, in a really genuine way.
2: And I feel like I was like the the grief cycle that I went through and the trauma that I went to went through, I just truly, like to put it so simply, I just wanted to know would everything be okay? Would I be okay? like Mm. would my marriage be okay would my family be okay like but like most importantly would I Abby Mercado be okay like Mm. all I wanted to know was like who who else has been through this and are they okay the answer is yes and there's so much
0: there's so much comfort that we can draw from knowing that others have walked in our shoes before but that like humanity of like the sisterhood of people all across the globe who might be going through the exact same thing as you or have gone through that thing and then come out the other side and having, I guess, that wider ability to be able to see those stories and engage with those stories I think is really powerful as well. Abby, for anyone who is going through a pregnancy loss now, who is finding it really hard... Do you have a message that you wanted to share with
2: them? I mean, like, I think, I think my, like, my, my message here is it's okay to not be okay. (laughs) Um, Like baby yourself, like you come first, no one else, like take some time for you. Don't think about anyone, anyone else in your life. um, Just think about you and like really, you know, deep down, what's gonna make you feel good? What's gonna make you feel better? Um, what's gonna feed your soul and, and fill your cup, so.
1: I second that, and and because um, as you know, I had a chemical pregnancy earlier this summer, and I almost find that it's getting like harder rather than easier because I'm like, oh, I should have been 15 weeks pregnant. And like this, like having this community is so validating for so many reasons, just knowing like, you both have been through that same thing and um, that it's it's okay to have these milestone moments, like your, your due date, like it's always gonna be hard. And if I didn't know that, I probably would be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I still grieving a pregnancy that I lost at five weeks, you know? Um, <laughs> but I do know that. And that gives me so much solace. Yeah. And
2: something, something I love about our community is like, you know, we have rules of engagement in a certain culture, but like Kristen and I have both experienced loss, but there's and our community. So Kristen and I have both experienced loss and I, and we've had so many conversations because we're friends, like outside of work. Um, but like, I don't, I can never acknowledge like the exact pain that Kristen went through and she can never acknowledge like the exact pain that I went through and our community tells one another that all the time, you know, it's like, I, I, I see you, um, and I cannot, I cannot claim to understand entirely what you're going through, but I can promise you that I felt something kind of like it too. So we're together in this.
0: It's, it's so hard I think in the fertility community to find someone who has the exact same story as you but I always say we're so united in the emotions that we feel they might be caused by different things we might be experiencing things in a different way we might respond in a different way but there is this somewhat shared experience that we can go through and that you know sometimes we need sometimes the breakdown or, you know, the rock bottom moment can serve as a moment for something that develops into something bigger. Certainly, you know, that's been the experience for both of you. That's been my experience as well. Um, And who would have ever predicted? Hey,
2: (laughs) (laughs) man, I had no idea I'd be doing this, but it's the best (laughs) job I've ever had, like by a long shot, dream job.
0: So before we go into the little speed round, and I'm going to ask you the speed round, Abby, so no pressure, but can you guys tell us a little bit more about Fertility Rescripted? What's on the cards for 2022? Tell us where we can find you in all the places. Tell, give us a shout out and tell us what we need to know. Oh man.
2: Okay. So fertility.rescripted.com. Sign up join Mm -hmm. our community it's amazing read all (laughs) 300 and free read all 350 articles they're amazing no you don't have to do that but read what what fills your cup um and let's see at fertility rescripted on instagram Um, (laughs) fertility.rescripted on instagram um check out our youtube channel check us out on facebook check us out for business updates on linkedin um and lots of stuff um in the books by Q1, we will have launched our virtual pharmacy. Um, we'll be hosting therapy groups, and we will have launched a product marketplace and maybe some special surprises that we can't reveal um, oh. quite yet. But lots of exciting things um, coming up for our business. And um, I would say Kristen and I are so proud of the team that we have the pleasure of working with. So um, we're we're stronger together than we are alone. All of us, join us
0: massive congratulations what a dream team Uh, and I wish you all the best of luck for everything that is to come for fertility.rescripted and you know I'm a huge fan so Abby let's do a little speed round with a few quick questions as we end this podcast do you have a quote or an affirmation that you love
2: yes I do Um, so it's a quote by Susan David um, and the quote is discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Oh, I love that. That's mm-hmm.
0: certainly through my experience. And do you have a book that you recommend everyone reads?
2: So I'm kind of like a history nerd. Um, and I really love this book called The Rational Optimist. Um, we actually, we had a, a piece about optimism. Um, it just in in our community um the other day and it, that was um i like i i have an optimistic lens on life and on the world and on our future and it, this is just a great book for a optimistic history nerd
0: <laughs> so that's no my way. favorite book i'm <laughs> a dork <laughs> we all have we all have very dorky sides right now i'm obsessed. I don't know why, but my husband and I are obsessed with, like, survival shows. There's a show called Alone, but there's also this show with this UK guy called Ed Shelton called Maroon, and he literally lands in the middle of nowhere with nothing, naked for 10 days. Oh, my God. obsessed with watching this guy. He always fashions himself like a grass skirt or something, but obsessed with watching <laughs> no. this guy. (laughs) start flying and stuff it's like my secret my secret life so (laughs) your history books are like your little secret um thing so very last question if you had one message that you could shout from the rooftops what would that be
2: if healthcare is a fundamental right so are fertility treatments that's my message
0: Mm-hmm. That is like for so many places across the world and so many people across the world, that's resonating already. I know it. I like, I want to give clicks to that. Thank you both so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you here on the podcast and always love connecting with you.
2: Thank Thanks you so Robin. much, Robin. It's been call. such a pleasure. And thank you for all the work that you're doing for this community as well.
0: Such mutual appreciation. Love you, everyone. Thank you so much for catching this episode this week and I cannot wait to catch you next week bye thank you so much for joining us here at the fertility warriors we'll meet you again same time next week before you go though if you do need some further support then we encourage you to come and join us at the mind body fertility reset the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility in the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times. Sustainable and small steps lifestyle support, helping you conquer your diet goals, your movement goals, cut out toxins, and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way and lastly and what i think is most importantly emotional well-being infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey and it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times so in the mind body fertility reset community we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey to find out more, visit us at robinburken.com slash reset And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.